Jonathan, welcome to Startup Health Now. Well, Steve, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, it's exciting for you to be here on your one-year anniversary since joining Ping An. It is indeed. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with Ping An, I'd love you to kind of describe not just what Ping An does, but where Ping An is going, and especially why we became partners last year. Yeah, indeed. Well, firstly, let me say that we are delighted to be investors in Startup Health, and uh, uh, we're seeing uh, fruit from the cooperation that we have already and uh, looking forward to much more, but we'll get onto that in the conversation. Excellent. Um, I, I guess to start with, you know, what is Ping An? Ping An is a very large um, China-based financial institution, started in the insurance business, PNC, life, health, annuity. Um, by market cap, it's now by a pretty significant margin, the largest insurance company in the world. Um, I think our market cap is about 180 billion, fluctuates between 180 and 200 billion, something like that. The next largest is about 120, something like that. And then it drops off pretty quickly from there. So it's a really big insurance company. But it's not just an insurance company. Uh, we have a broad range of financial services businesses, ranging from a sizable bank to a securities company. We're one of the leading retail brokers in China, uh, to trust, to um, venture capital, uh, to um, uh, leasing and uh, basically the full spectrum of financial services. We have the widest number of financial services licenses in China. Uh, what's very interesting and perhaps relevant to our conversation today is in the last five years or so, we've built out a pretty interesting and very innovative health ecosystem. And that includes um, what is the largest telemedicine platform in the world today with as of the end of last year, 192 million registered users. Uh, the brand name is Ping An Good Doctor. Uh, we just took that platform public, I know. actually. Congra congratulations, another Thank thing you. we celebrated today. We did indeed. Uh, and uh, that platform, um, we raised a uh, new capital of about $1.1 billion uh, to further the growth of that platform and its international uh, expansion agenda. Um, and uh, the IPO itself was, I believe, 600 times oversubscribed, which is, times. which is simply extraordinary. <laughs> um, but uh, I, the platform itself is, is, is really very interesting indeed. We have about 5 million uh, visitors engaging on health topics every day and about 500,000 users uh, actually seeking medical consultations on a daily basis with the uh, panel of about 9,000 doctors that we have, um, just under 1,000 on our payroll, and the balance are part-time participants in our program. Uh, so that's a really interesting platform, but we have a range of other businesses, including um, a platform that um, supports the um, state health insurance program in China, which is about 50% of all, um, covers about 50% of all medical expenditure in China. Uh, and we work with um, about 250 municipalities, uh, which represents in aggregate about 600 million people. And we're, we're helping um, the administra administrators of the state health program uh, to figure out how to control um, overprescription, overbilling, um, uh, outright fraud. We're also working with them to help co-underwrite the risk um, using um, data analytics, uh, using actuarial science to uh, basically turn these public liabilities into commercially underwritable 
exposures and giving these municipalities <laughs> caps and collars and things like that without going into too much detail. So, so. so you're describing an extraordinary platform with extraordinary reach, but this company began actually not in the big scheme of things given its size and scope um, by one man 30 years ago. Yeah, it was started by Peter Ma uh, in Chinese. Ma Mingzi is his name. Uh, he's one of the iconic uh, entrepreneurs in China. Um, there, are, there are two other people with the surname Ma, which happens to be the Chinese word for horse. So Jack Ma at Alibaba yep. and Pony Ma um, at uh, Tencent. And uh, together they referred to as the three Ma's or the three horses, sort of powering the economy ahead. Um, so he's, he's a remarkable individual. Uh, he started the company with three people, including himself, 30 years ago. Uh, and the company has grown in earnings over the last 30 years at about 29% compound, which means that it basically triples every five years. Uh, so it's an extraordinary growth story. And it's partly the growth of China, but much more than that, it's the um, constant renewal of the existing businesses and the uh, willingness to envisage and create entirely new businesses repeatedly. So we have today 33 businesses at the first level. Only two of them uh, derive from acquisitions. Everything else has been organically grown literally from scratch. And Peter's still running the company. And Peter is the CEO and chairman of the company. Right. So wh when you talked to him, because I know he was, you know, he, he was responsible for recruiting you to come on uh, a year ago. But and is the reason why I joined, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that because I think it's extraordinary. So he started this organization 30 years ago. What was the original vision, uh, to the best of your knowledge? They started out in Marine Hull Insurance. And their dream was to at least build a business. And then uh, eventually, could we do life insurance? And could we get a license to do life insurance? And um, turned out they could and they did. And today, life insurance is probably the financial core of the company and uh, in terms of cash flow generation, in terms of earnings generation. So yeah. started with a single seed of an idea, 30 years later, um, $200 billion business. Um, what made it so compelling for you to join Ping An a year ago? You know, I, I knew about Ping An, and I'd had friends that worked at Ping An uh, over the years, because I've been in Asia for about 25 years. I grew up in Australia, but spent most of my career in, in Asia. And I worked for Citibank for, for 18 of those years. Uh, and so I knew about them. I knew they were a very large company. I knew that they were very well regarded. I knew that they were um, that experienced extremely um, consistent but rapid growth over a very long time. Um, what I didn't know was that on top of the spectrum of businesses and the massive scale of their traditional businesses, so we have about 160 million insurance, um, sorry, uh, financial services clients, about 70 million insurance clients, about 160 million financial services clients. Uh, on top of that, the company started investing heavily in technology about 12 years ago. Um, today um, has its own cloud. Uh, we do our own AI R&D, so we've built our own facial recognition, our own voice print recognition. Uh, we've been working on a lot of areas of image diagnostics in uh, medical applications um, and uh, for retinal, for um, x-ray, for, for you know, other uh, image modalities. Uh, for medical applications, uh, we have a lot of applications using um, advanced AI for our insurance business. So, for example, we have a platform for claims management for auto where if you have a, um, uh, you know, a ding in your car, you take your cell phone, you scan the damage. Uh, we have every model of every car 
uh, built into our sort of decision engine. We can tell whether the damage is structural or superficial. In auto, 70% of our claims are superficial. Then we have a pricing engine that can price the damage instantly. And then we can give you an offer that says, um, this is how much it's going to cost. Uh, we can allow you to um, basically take the cash immediately or go through our claims process. It's your choice. Right. So we've got many, many applications like that. Um, so I was astounded to find just that the breadth of what they had, that the company really doesn't have any technology debt, that there are no mainframe computers, there are no legacy COBOL mm -hmm. platforms or anything like that that you see in most financial institutions. And then I think the third layer for me was uh, the creation of new businesses. So the health ecosystem is part of that. Uh, but I think it's the only big financial <clears throat> institution I know of in the world that is capable of at all creating next generation businesses at scale. Um, good Doctor is a good example. Lufax is our um, personal wealth management platform. It's now the largest personal wealth management platform online in the world. $80 billion of client assets under management. Compare that to something like Betterment. Um, here in the States, um, I think they hit $10 billion after seven or eight years, maybe longer, um, uh, in August last year, uh, when I met uh, John Stein, who runs that company. Uh, and they're a very good company, by the way. We were a shareholder when I was at City. Uh, but it just tells you the scale at, yeah. the, at which these things can happen. And, and Ping An is able to do this repeatedly. So we have um, probably 15, 20 businesses at different stages of incubation that can be the next Good Doctor or the next Lufax. And so all of that kind of made you kind of look at what was happening and say, this is the time to shift from being at City to being... I, I'd left City already, so um, I, I decided to take a break in my career and think about next steps, um, which is, you know, it's a great luxury to be able to do that. Yeah. And uh, I actually ended up... Um, working for, for Ping An a month after I first met Peter, but uh, I, I, th I thought what a unique uh, organization to work with a world-class entrepreneur like this with this track record, this combination of capabilities that he's built and the company's built, and this vision forward to think of really the world in, you know, as a data economy into the future and think of you know, what does it take to be a leader in uh, businesses where the ability to derive value from data has really replaced uh, the traditional capabilities that have made you know, businesses uh, like ours successful, such as traditional physical distribution or physical assets or right. even capital itself. So, yeah. so with all of this amazing platform laid uh, and everything you did up until now being kind of practiced for what you're now doing, how would you describe the next 12, 24, 36, or even longer months that you're kind of looking out into the horizon and where you want to go with this and where you want to help Peter go? Yeah, so I think for the, for the company, um, uh, it's an exciting time. I mean, just thinking about the health space, what, what interests me about that is, is the way the company and Peter have looked at the entire addressable health market as the opportunity. Because you know, we're the largest health insurer in China, but that's only 5% of the market that's growing beautifully. Uh, many uh, business leaders would be quite satisfied with 35% you know, compound growth every year in that business. Um, Ping An has taken a completely different view and they've said that this, this health system is going to transform and we want to be part of it. We want to be a key player in that transformation. We want to be an enabler in that transformation. When you observe how technology has been transformative in China in the last decade, in areas like payments, in retailing, and entertainment, um, in uh, obviously uh, many other areas, social network, chat, and all that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, 
I think you've seen in China a transformation in normal people's lives. It's probably more fundamental than anywhere else. Um, and that's, that's one, adoption has been very rapid. But two, these technologies are, are sort of filling a void, whereas in the developed markets of the world, there were, there were other ways of making payments, and there still are, that are largely adequate. Uh, in China, there really wasn't a way of making convenient payments other than cash, as an example. So I think people have a belief in technology in China. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the health space, um, that, that's sort of part of the, the underpinning for Ping'an's vision, that platforms like Good Doctor, uh, platforms like our state health insurance platform, uh, platforms like our clinic platform, so we've got an enterprise platform that supports about half the private clinics in China as the government tries to encourage the development of a primary care system, which has largely been lacking so mm -hmm. far. Um, and we've got a health cloud that's trying to gather data wherever we can uh, from our customers, from the marketplace, and then apply that in intelligent ways to add value to the businesses that we have. Um, we just think that um, as this thing unfolds, there will be an important role for players like Ping'an and uh, you know we can bring enormous value. So when you kind of you wear a couple hats, right, at Ping'an, yeah. you have two two roles. What are the? Are, so I'm the chief innovation officer of the company, um, which is a, you know, an unspecified role. And it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, Peter's really the chief innovation officer of this company. Um, let's be very clear. Uh, so what I'm trying to do is figure out areas where, um, you know, I can bring some value, largely from connecting Ping'an with. Um, innovative platforms and companies elsewhere in the world. So the second role I have is uh, to run what we call the Ping'an uh, Global Voyager Fund, which is our corporate uh, venture capital arm. And the objective of that is to complement a lot of the internal R&D work that we do and business development we do, and to give Ping'an access to technologies, platforms, and business models on a global basis that can be um, additive, that can be valuable to Ping'an. Um, where we can invest in the company, typically uh, as a minority investor, to create alignment and then create some form of partnership or cooperation. It could be as simple as us you know, hosting these guys on our, our, our cloud and then giving them access to our business ecosystem mm -hmm. and possibly exposing their APIs externally or their, their service externally uh, on some kind of revenue share basis. Uh, or it could be something you know, closer to a traditional legal joint venture. And, and everything in between that. Uh, and it could be near term or it could be long term. It could be option value or it could be you know, immediately realizable value. So we're open to all of the above, but it, it is for strategic access. It's global in scope and it's focused um, at this stage in two principal areas. Firstly, uh, fintech, given uh, the breadth of financial businesses sure. we have, and second, digital health. And when you, when you think about both of these areas, in particular digital health, of course, because yeah. I think it represents one of the main reasons we kind of both found each other, but also partnered together. Totally. Um, how would you describe your vision for the digital health side of the Voyager Fund? Um, well, it's, I think it's to find um, uh, uh, products, uh, models, technologies, platforms that can plug into our ecosystem. Um, so we made an investment in a company called Taito Care in Israel uh, at the beginning of this year. And they make a, a small kit that allows you to measure your vitals um, or a patient to measure their vitals using a smartphone, cloud-enabled. And what it does is allows a doctor providing a, a consultation over telemedicine to be able to observe your um, heartbeat or listen to your lungs um, with some tools to help analyze that. 
look at the back of your throat, look inside your ear, measure your temperature, the kind of stuff that a doctor would do uh, you know, in, in a clinic, um, and deliver that um, as part of a telemedicine proposition. And we think that potentially enriches the telemedicine proposition significantly. Um, and uh, as part of our deal with Taito, we have an agreement that we will distribute their product in China, and we're going to work with them to uh, value engineer that product for the China market. And so that represents the kinds of companies that you're hoping to find. So that's an example, invested. precisely. Uh, it could be diagnostic services that we can stick on a platform uh, that could be available to, let's say, our clinic platform. We call it Wanja Clinic. Um, so we've looked at quite a lot of companies in the uh, image diagnostic space, for example, um, and we're seeing some of those get to be, you know, commercializable and scalable, as, as an example. Um, it could be um, uh, services that we can uh, actually deliver as consumer services. Um, so um, uh, I, I guess it's difficult to talk about specifics when you know some of these discussions are ongoing. Yeah. But we've got some. What do you say in terms of just general speaking around the kinds of companies you're looking to? Uh, find and we're looking together to kind of go out and scout for that would meet what we kind of call the ideal startup profile of the uh, types of entrepreneurs and companies you'd like to attract to the fund. Yeah. Um, so, you know, think of anything that can uh, be digitally delivered um, uh, to consumers as a diagnostic service, as an adherent service, a way to um, encourage behaviors that are going to drive health outcomes um, at the consumer level. Um, those are extremely interesting to us because we can easily overlay those on platforms like Good Doctor, uh, or we can embed them in uh, as ancillary services into our insurance offerings, and we can you know, provide them as added services through our agency force. We have 1.45 million agents in China. Um, and uh, so we're actually, we're always looking for ways to add value to what our agents can actually bring to their clients, so that's right. quite exciting and, for us. And so how early are you getting involved in the companies? What, what's well, the ideal stage that you love to start? That, that's, a, that's a really interesting question because and we've thought about it a lot. And uh, in general, um, you know, I think corporates make a mistake of getting involved with um, companies at too early a stage, and particularly large corporates. Mm -hmm. And I think we've taken the view uh, that um, you know, we're a very big company. We have 325,000 staff. We have 33 business units at the first level, many more as you go through the organization. Um, so companies that we engage with need to be at a certain stage of development. You know, typically in the first three to four years, as we all know, um, a new business is going to go through a few pivots. Sure. Uh, we call them iterations. Iterations. It's a good way to do it. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there are inevitably issues around whether people can work together, can't. Uh, there are, um, it's a bootstrapping process. Yeah. I mean, you're creating something out of nothing from zero to something, right? And generally what we want to do is to uh, deal with companies once they've already done that. They now have a product, a platform, they have some customers, they've got a revenue trajectory um, uh, that we can value. Uh, and typically we're looking for companies where we can put a minimum of about 10 to $20 million to work. Uh, we're a billion dollar fund. Um, so uh, if we go much smaller than that, uh, we're, gonna, we're yeah. just gonna be at this for a very long time and it just won't have impact for us. Um, so it's really a combination of financial um, uh, scale, but also you know, being at that point where um, 
uh, the company has passed its sort of initial three, four-year uh, early development process, and they have the bandwidth and the wherewithal to be able to engage with a new market and a very large company. So when you uh, think back, in fact, we were just talking earlier about it's you know a year ago since you started, a you know, little little uh, less than a year ago since we first met and yep. really started outlining our partnership. But what made you choose Startup Health as, as a partner and kind of articulate for, for the listeners just from your perspective what success looks like? Totally. So um, uh, while we don't particularly want to invest directly uh, in early stage companies, we still see huge value in being plugged into the early stage world. And we've decided that one way in which we can do that is through partner funds. And we particularly like partner funds who have a broader set of capabilities than just running a fund. And I think Startup Health was a perfect example of that. And the fact that you're able to uh, filter a vast number of uh, uh, ideas, entrepreneurs, and uh, proposals for businesses uh, you're able to you know, select those that you think really have legs and a likelihood of success. And then you're able to invest yourselves um, through providing infrastructure, providing support, through providing um, a network of um, mentors and advisors, um, a role that you personally take yourself amongst yeah. others, uh, and, and all of the other things that Startup Health does. Uh, so we were really impressed with that. Uh, we like the, the thematic coherence that you have, the 10 moonshots, uh, the, the, and, and the, uh, the uh, overriding or overarching vision of the firm, uh, really to find ways of transforming health. We very much agree with the, the broad philosophy that uh, underpins what you do. Uh, and so uh, we, we were looking for someone that had uh, very similar views about the future of health, the role of technology in transforming health, um, and was able to complement our focus on mid to larger stage companies, mid, mid to later stage companies, uh, uh, you know, with, with an early stage focus, but with a lot of discipline uh, and, um, and, and, and high quality. Uh, so what we're looking for is um, ultimately deal flow. Uh, so the companies that graduate from startup health uh, that get to meet the criteria that I articulated. So we've had a few of those uh, already come, come to our attention and uh, that we're working with. So that's really interesting and uh, most appreciated. But we're also um, interested in the, the flow of ideas. Um, even if we're not going to invest, it is still incredibly valuable for us to just know what's out there, what people are thinking, uh, and what ideas look like they're going to be able to materialize as real businesses and transformers in the next three to five years. One of the things that um, we really spent a lot of time uh, connecting on is this uniqueness around the power of the entrepreneurs and their mindset um, to achieve those moonshots and really yep. having not just a long-term commitment but a view of something incredibly meaningful to work on. From your perspective as you look out, not short-term but long-term, 5, 10, even 15 years out, what would you say would be the waving a magic wand incredible outcome that could come from these early both discussions, bets, and investments? Sure. Well, look, I think we share this view, Steve, that um, much of um, the opportunity um, is actually quite low-hanging fruit in health. Uh, and uh, we were discussing this earlier as well, but a lot of the transformational opportunities in health can be achieved perfectly well with technology that we already have. Uh, so I think a big part of the future um, 
can be and should be uh, you know, figuring out how to get ahead of conditions like chronic obesity um, or um, uh, helping patients that have diabetes uh, to be able to um, either control that or indeed re reverse the symptoms um, uh, through relatively simple technology uh, and through lifestyle changes. And there are many examples of this. Uh, so I think, I think a desired long-term outcome from the kind of stuff that we're both working on would be to achieve real transformation in the cost of delivery um, and the incidence of these chronic diseases that are largely a function of behavior and choice um, and find ways of really moving the needle. I think that would be one thing. I think a second thing is there are transformative technologies. Um, uh, genomics is one that's just fascinating and I was sharing it at lunch when we were talking um, a company that uh, we've come into contact with recently I guess it's well known in some circles um, called Oxford Nanopore and what they've done is they've created literally a device this big uh, that can sequence a genome uh, in minutes <laughs> that's astounding um, and, and, it's, and, and very small it's, and just in, it's it's it's, it's, yeah. it's it, the analogy I use is it's, it's like the Sony Walkman of uh, genomics uh, it's just a classic instance <laughs> Some people of miniaturization what a Sony Walkman is right well exactly well, think, <laughs> the think, iPod think of the, the iPod Nano right. of uh, of genomics maybe for the uh, millennial generation <laughs> exactly for our generation the Sony Walkman still means something so the little orange earphones exactly um, so when you know you think about um, going back to the Peter Ma example of you know I think he's one of the original health transformers right these entrepreneurs who embark on something don't even realize necessarily where it's going but they start with a meaningful impact and it expands yeah. you spent a lot more time with entrepreneurs in the last year than you probably spent in a lot of years in your former role Absolutely, uh, especially yeah. in the early stage what is it about entrepreneurs that really gets you excited well, I'm, I'm always interested in people who can think about new possibilities and who can envisage a completely different way of getting something done or solving a problem. Um, there's a certain fearlessness that you have to have, um, even, even a certain naivety. naivety. We, call it, we call it blissfully ignorant. <laughs> in, indeed. And um, you, you have to, sometimes almost like a tunnel vision, um, and there's, there's a certain personality of entrepreneurs, I'm sure we both know, where you know that's very evident. You know, there's this extreme focus, um, and you know I think that piece is quite interesting as a, as a set of characteristics. Uh, but there are some people who are gifted in being able to think of uh, ways of reconfiguring how we do stuff to to solve big problems and. Um, uh, to achieve outcomes that you know people don't even imagine, so I think that's one part of it. Um, you know, there's a whole whole bunch of other stuff as well to actually take that idea and then turn it into a reality. Make it happen, yeah. And I think the best entrepreneurs have a combination of these characteristics. When you think about um, your personal side, because we we spend a lot of time talking about Ping An and Ping sure. An Global Voyager Fund, um, who is Jonathan Larson? Before, the non-showing the non up to work Jonathan Larson. The non-showing up to work Jonathan Larson. Well, I'm 52. <laughs> um, I'm married. I have one son who's now at university. Um, so uh, my wife, Binny, and I um, are empty nesters for the first time. 
uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Enjoy, so enjoying it? Enjoying it, absolutely. Uh, and our son comes home fairly regularly, so that's, that's, uh, that's good as well. Um, what do I enjoy doing? I love sailing. Uh, so Hong Kong is a, it's where I live, so Hong Kong is a great place for sailing. Um, I uh, am a musician for many, many years. I play the clarinet and the piano. Um, Your whole life? Uh, my whole life, almost since the age of 10, yeah, uh, in the case of the clarinet, yeah. Uh, and um, I enjoy reading. Um, we love food and wine. Um, that kind of stuff. What's the last book you read that was most meaningful to you? Um, what is the last book that I read that was most meaningful? Um, I'm reading a book right now about, um, it's actually got nothing to do with uh, fintech, digital health, business, or anything else. I'm, I'm uh, reading a book uh, about the Crimean War and the origins of the Crimean War and the role of uh, Russia uh, in the Middle East against the Ottoman Empire at the time in the 1850s. Um, and uh, what's very interesting is the, uh, the resonances that uh, you can see to this day and how some of the players in that part of the world still operate. Is that the kind of, those are the kinds of books you like reading? I'm interested in history, yes. Very, very cool. So, um, last couple questions. Um, when you look out at the role you can play in really inspiring the next generation of, whether it's be the people joining you at Ping On or the companies you work with, what is the single statement you would use to say the impact that Jonathan Larson made on someone's life? Like, what role do you like to play in helping others? Well, having you know, run a bunch of businesses at City over the years, uh, you know, one thing that I always was excited to be able to do was to empower people uh, and to create possibilities for them that they themselves hadn't even imagined. And when you see somebody uh, be able to uh, succeed on dimensions uh, that surprise them and achieve things that they'd never thought about before, uh, that's an unbelievably satisfying thing for me. And uh, so that's something I think is great. As far as what I'm doing now at Ping An, uh, what excited me to do this thing was to be the point of interface between this fascinating Chinese company uh, with this extraordinary franchise in China and you know, all of the scale, technology, and vision that we've talked about in this conversation to be really the interface between that and this whole world of innovation in health and finance on a global basis. I thought, what a unique thing to be able to do. So what I'd like to be able to do with that is help Ping An to take advantage of it, to take advantage of the world of uh, innovation that's happening around uh, um, in, in the States, in Europe, in Israel, in Asia, etc. Uh, but what I'd also like to do is to take you know, great platforms that have been developed uh, outside of China globally uh, and bring them into China and allow uh, these new companies with breakthrough ideas, with breakthrough technologies and breakthrough platforms to be able to access the China market with uh, a unique partner such as Ping An. Love it. Fantastic. We're going to end on that note. We could spend a lot more time talking, but the last six months since we uh, formalized our partnership, we announced our partnership about four months ago. Yep. It's been an extraordinary joy to work with you and Marco and your entire team. And we feel like we're just getting started. There's so much left to do. And really the alignment of vision for really improving the health and well-being of everyone in the world, bringing our organization's unique ability to the table is incredibly exciting. We're honored to be partners with you. Uh, we, we totally agree, and we're delighted to be working with Startup Health. Fantastic. Steve, thank you very much. Thank you, Jonathan.